Okay, here's the gist. I'm a gay guy who's been living in New York City for the past three decades. I got shit to talk about. I also have awesome friends who also have a lot of shit to talk about. That's what this podcast is about. Way off the record. People that you never hear from, that you need to hear from. Because trust me, girl, you need this fabulous in your life. Welcome to Way Off the Record. Today, I'm really excited to talk to my friend, Rachel Green, actor, uh, violinist, comic, extraordinaire, all sorts of things. Rachel, how are you? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Yay. We're happy to have you here. Sorry sorry about the issues with the uh, Metropolitan Transit Authority. <laughs> <laughs> we live in uh, upper upstate Manhattan and, you know... <laughs> So there's always there's always issues on the weekend with the train. And it took you how long to get here? Mm, probably about an hour. Uh, well, that's not so bad from... No, Wait, it, so you're coming from Harlem and it took you an hour to get here. That's that's not cool. Yeah, that's central Harlem. Um, or maybe 55 minutes to be to really exact. <laughs> so no, door to door it was an hour. And... Um, yeah, yeah Nor- it's funny because in a car it would take probably twenty. Well, if I know, that, I know. Nor even but, on the train it would take like thirty tops. Anyway, right, if it was running. Smoothly. You're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. So welcome, and let's tell our tens of listeners how we know each other. Well, uh, we <laughs> met through our mutual friend Julie. Julie, Julie Pensano. <laughs> Pensano. Yeah, she's uh she's been the cause of a lot of fun things in my life. You know, mm. my my roommate James. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met through Julie Love and James. some other cool friendships. Uh, her friend Erica and I. Um, you know, I know her now fiance through comedy, and so there's just like oh, a lot of nice. a lot of cool connections through Miss Julie. Nice. <laughs> so happy International Women's Day. Yes, Rachel. How do you feel about that? Tell me about what that means to you? Um, it's, I have mixed feelings. Uh, it's, it's nice to have a day. Um, mm-hmm. It is nice to have a month as well. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, it'd be nice to have things normalized where we don't need a day or a month yes. where it's just yeah. like, oh, we're just like everybody else. Like how about every day that you just treat right. women like human beings? Yeah, you exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have a, it's great that we had so many female, um, not to get p- too political, but it's, I think have at a it. shift is happening <laughs> in that, you know, women are running and being recognized and having a following, mm-hmm. but given that we no longer have any females in the running, it, it really, to me, just speaks to the systemic misogyny and sexism that prevails and pervades. And, you know, I've talked to some loved ones and... People, I don't, I don't want to call anyone out, but people who I didn't even expect to, you know, say the things that they said, like, were just like, oh, I just didn't really like her delivery. Oh, like, know. what? I know, I know. She's so smart. What, you didn't like her accent? You didn't like that, you know, what, are you kidding me? The woman is fucking brilliant. I had a, I had a, um, a day of, or two days after Warren sort of pulled out of metaphorically wearing black because 
for the same reasons you're talking about, it's like we once again are left with nothing against Biden, nothing against Bernie, but two octogenarian, practically old fucking white guys. Yeah. <clears throat> One of whom just had a heart attack and hasn't released his health records. Yep. And somehow people are cool with that. I, I you know. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to go no, I know. down that rabbit hole. But there's it's, there's a lot I of frustration. I feel you, and and the whole idea <clears throat> that you know, once again, with Hillary in 2016, Warren in 2020, it's like apparently this country is not ready for women leaders. Yeah, and it it's fucking sad. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pivot from that. Yes, and we're gonna talk about other stuff. Okay, so one of the things I've been wanting to talk to you about is when you decided to venture into stand-up comedy, there's a, this great quote on your website that I believe is written by you. Mm -hmm. Should I say that? Sure. But it's in the third person. So the quote is, she came to, she came to stand-up comedy when she realized her personal stories were too funny and interesting not to share with the world. Talk to me about that. Well, I came to stand up by accident, really. Um, it really? Was, it was never something I wanted to do. People, you know, over the years had always said, oh, you're so funny. You should do comedy. Mm -hmm. And I had done improv for many years and I enjoyed it, um, both short form and, and longer form, you know, more UCB style. Mm. Um, but stand up, I was like, ugh, gross, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of like I actually felt about <laughs> acting for many years really? and then came to that. Nice. Um, but I was writing a web series based on my sex and dating life. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, the, you know, exploring polyamory and BDSM and, and alternative lifestyle, but all the while looking for love inside of those alternative worlds and mm -hmm. just sort of the foibles and frustrations of that. I thought of it in sort of a broad city meets girls kind of vein. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like the episode with the, and I'm, Broad City with the strap on. I was like, God damn it. I, that's my episode. I wrote something like that. I remember that. I remember that so vividly. That's fantastic. Uh, it's such a good episode. I, I, it actually made me so angry because I was like, that's I would have written that the fuck. God. But nonetheless, great show. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was, uh, I was working with some friends and uh, my friend set me up with this guy who... I really needed like a co-writer. I'm not a screenwriter. Mm -hmm. I don't have experience in that particular realm. Mm -hmm. And I really needed like a co-writer, someone to really bounce ideas off of, to feed me ideas. And he sort of fancied himself, I think, as a more of a, like a consultant. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just sort of reached a wall. You know, he, he, in his mind, he was like, oh, it's like sex in the city. I'm like, dude, that show was like 20 years ago. Right, no. Right. And I, I was hitting a wall and I was frustrated. And a friend, Justin, he's like, Rach, you know, you have all these great stories. Uh, why don't you just try telling them through stand up? Mm. I was like, oh, I don't know. He was like, why don't you take a class? Just take a class. It's, yeah. It can't kill you. Yeah. It's probably six weeks long. And then you either decide if you like it or you don't. And I was like, well, that's a good point, right? It'll just be an experience. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people do with like improv or stand up. Like they just want to experience it, you know? Right. And I took the class and although the class itself was, didn't really teach me how to tell jokes, it was a safe space to create and perform in front exactly. of each other. Exactly. And that's where I met my co-producer or my comedy wife, as I call her, Jack the Stripper. 
and awesome. she's clearly the best part of that came out of that experience. But we did, you know, the final showcase at the end and I did really well and I liked it. And I was like, Oh fuck. And so you knew. Yeah. I'm I was guessing. Like, Damn it. Ugh, I guess I'm good <laughs> at this and I guess I like this. Oh my God. What are we doing? And then yeah. Jack and I proceeded to, you know, go to open mics and all that stuff, which can be really awful. And, um, yeah, it's just where dreams go to die. Um, <laughs> and it can be, unfortunately can be a real bro show. You yeah. Know? I want to talk to you about that actually. Like, uh, what's it like, you know, it really being depends. A woman I mean, in the stand up. Yeah. World. Well, okay. We can go there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well to finish the open mic thing, you know, it, okay. some of them are more supportive than others. There are, you know, women focused, uh, LGBTQ queer, different sort of open mics, that are safe spaces. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't want to shit on all of them. I'll just mm-hmm. shit on most of them. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no, that's good. And there are some that, you know, um, I, I think part of the problem is that a lot of people come just focus on themselves. So they don't give you the attention that a real audience would. So that's yeah. the first problem. And then yeah. the second problem is that there are sort of cliques of like bros often that sort of go to the same mics together and they're like, oh yeah, bro, y'all are shit so funny, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's not. Your friends tell you that's funny, but I, actually that joke fucking sucks. Yeah. It's misogynistic and it's stupid and no yeah. one wants to hear about your dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Jack and I were like, ugh, and we were sort of like plodding through that. I was very lucky in that um, a good handful of my acting friends were also comedians and would mm. just put me on their shows by virtue of being like, oh, Rachel's fucking funny. She's a great actor. Let's right. give her a chance. And right. then they would be like, oh, my God, you're you're really good. Like, you know, and I'm not saying that conceitedly. They, no, they, no, no, I know. But it was yeah. funny to watch some of them be like, oh, my God, you're not <laughs> doing this very long and shit. You're fucking good. What the fuck, bitch? Like some of them were actually kind of like. That's um, so cool. But as far as uh, being a woman in the world of stand-up, ugh, yeah. well, it sucks. Um, but, I, you know, like anything else, like being a woman in the world, you know, you, you don't, you know, you don't walk around thinking or feeling that shit every day. And mm-hmm. you sort of, I think you internalize things and learn coping strategies right, right. to deal with things just the way you would in life, right? So... I would say, for example, me, uh, I think how I coped with being a girl, being a teenager, being a, a, a curvy woman for a very long time, mm-hmm. I always succeeded um, with being like one of the boys, right? So okay. I, can, I can speak their language. Right. I can I can be silly. I can be funny. I can be smart. I can be bro-y. I could talk about fucking blowjobs. I could talk about <laughs> titties. It's like, and, and what you were speaking to before, which we could get into, it's like, I and you said it perfectly, and I never really worded it that way. But I have a very feminine body, and I do very feminine things. Mm-hmm. But my energy can be very masculine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that sort of—it's has- what I find so fascinating about you, and that you sort of um, are navigate both of those worlds mm. so perfectly. And and I know that there's pain in you know all of the the issues that women have to 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 deal with, but you somehow have found, at least on your outward, your persona, to kind of speak to that, like, brilliantly, you know? You. So... Yeah, so I guess, you know, I, I, I try not to be the victim of my circumstances mm-hmm. ever in life. And so I do get frustrated, you know, because, you know, uh, yeah, men tend to get booked before women. Um, mm. And women... 
you know, unfortunately, like LGBTQ folks or people of color, it's like sometimes we're like the one token person on the show. Like, oh, I had to fit, I had to fit that diverse. I had to stick one diverse person in there, so I guess I'll stick this woman in there. Hopefully, she won't be too dirty. Even and now, it, <laughs> in twenty twenty, with women, yeah, even now, yeah. But it, I'm. Ugh. Well, it's it's why I produced a mostly femme slash femme identifying. LGBTQ Talk show. to me about that. Talk yeah. to me. Plug the shit out of that right now. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I'm going I'm to put it in the show notes, but but tell us, tell the listeners what, what that show is about. Sure. Where they can find it. Awesome. So, so like yeah. That. So Jack the Stripper is my comedy wife. And uh, mm. we really felt like we were kindred spirits or kindred sluts, as we say sometimes, <laughs> um, very quickly because mm-hmm. I have always been very sex positive. I have always felt um, uh, very proud of my sexuality. I went to the nude beach starting at 19. Mm. Yeah, and, and that really made a huge impact. And I don't know, I just always felt, um, I don't know, it, it, it just wasn't a thing for me. Yeah. And I was always sex worker adjacent. You know, oh, I, interesting. Right. I right. had friends who worked in strip clubs because they would make real good money, you know, right. and they weren't necessarily dancing. They might be shot girls or they would be bartenders. But nonetheless, I never had a stigma right. against that kind of work. And then when I met Jack, I was like, this bitch is fucking cool. She's a sex worker. She's talking about it unabashed, you know, unabashedly. I'm I talking love, about sex. That's so important. And so we started producing a show together and it, it originally... It was just sort of like a way to network, get more stage time, um, and just be up there. And mm-hmm. then it's sort of, we're like, oh, what should we call it? What's it called? It's called the Venus Flytrap. The Venus Flytrap. And, you know, obviously it is a bit of a euphemism <laughs> yeah. for, for our salacious vulvas. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it's, it's actually brilliant because it's become bigger than us. You know, it right. originally started as, okay, a way for us to be proud of who we are and Mm -hmm. to bring on other comedians that are like-minded and our audience has become really a safe space. Uh, Mm. The the show has become a safe space for women, femme identifying LGBTQ sex workers Mm -hmm. and really anyone that wants to be inside of that space and feel what it's like to have comedians speak to that room. And it's been brilliant. I mean, we've had comics on the show end up talking about things they've never talked about because they felt safe. Interesting. You know, we had a female comic who ended up talking about how she used to be a cam girl. And she Mm. was like, after the show, she came up to me and she was like, Rachel, I've never talked about that in a set before, but I just felt so comfortable that I wanted to share that experience. And your crowd was like, just so receptive. Or we had a sex worker in the audience who brought her roommates and they didn't know that she was a stripper. Oh, cool. And she ended up sharing with them. We had some extra time because Jack got stuck in like New Orleans. Like the flight didn't take off. So we had a little bit extra time. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to make the show a little bit more interactive that one night. And I said, you know, if anybody has any funny things or, you know, things they want to share about sex or sex work, you know, come on up. And this woman got up and just vulnerably shared for the first time with her roommates you know that she was a sex worker, wow. and it was just, it was blo- we were blown away. That's that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. So, 
Um, tell tell us where we can see this show. Oh, sure. Um, so, and the name of the show is... So it's the Venus Flytrap. The Venus Flytrap. Um, I would say most of uh, the, the stuff is easy to find e- either via my Instagram, which mm-hmm. is the, the word the, then the number one, and then Rachel Green, R-A-C-H-E-L-G-R-E-E-N. <laughs> And my website is rachelgreen.nyc. NYC, I love that. Because of Jennifer Aniston's character on Friends, I will never have the dot com. Oh, no way. I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we are typically the last Monday of the month okay. at The Lantern, which is on Bleecker Street in, the, mm-hmm. in Greenwich Village. Uh, but we also do one-offs at bigger venues, um, like Caveat um, and possibly... Um, we might be at another comedy club, but it's it's in the it's in oh, the works. Girl. I can't really talk about it. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, so our next shows are March thirtieth at the Lantern, and April thirteenth okay. at Caveat. Nice. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, we got some great. So lineups. y'all check it out. Um, rachelgreen.nyc mm-hmm. for all this information. I'll put it in the show notes. But, awesome. Um, that would be a good place to start. Let's have a listen to Rachel's work. Look at this rack, isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think that my life is complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, girl who has everything? Look at this box, treasures untold. How many wonders can one cavern hold? Looking around here, you think, sure, she's got everything. I've got dildos and butt plugs aplenty. I've got ball gags and strap-ons galore. You want anal beads? I've got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. I want to be where the people fuck. I want to see, want to see them boning. Sitting around on those, what do you call them? Dicks. Licking a pussy is lovely too. Chargling's nice or just straight up blowing. Swallowing down on a, what's the word? Prick. Up where they screw, up where they run. Trains all day, sex is so fucking fun. Orgasm spree, wish I could be part of that world. What would I give if I could live inside an orgy? What would I pay to spend a day with a pro dumb? Betcha they know just where to go. Bet they can really <coughs> joke a bitch out. Give a whipping, flog her flipping, bruises to show. And ready to know what the kingsters know. Try on some collars and even spreaders. What is an STI? And why does it, what's the word? Burn. When's it my turn? Wouldn't I love 
party I'd love to be a slutty Rachel, talk to me about body positivity and how important that is. Sure. Um, Yeah, I definitely am a a strong proponent for body positivity. Uh, A lot of my social media presence is Mm -hmm. all about that. I think if you had to describe my brand, it would be silly sexy. Mm. You know, um, I've always been super curvy. And it's interesting, I, I was... I had a couple of pictures shut down on Instagram recently Oh. and uh, it boggled my mind because it was just, it was two different pictures, but similar of me grabbing my breasts and uh, I have tons of pictures of my breasts on Instagram, you know, not fully showing anything, you know, I'll cover up my nipples with an emoji or whatever. And it said that I was violating the community guidelines and I read the guidelines and it said, you know, no female nipples, you know, could be, you know, breastfeeding or mastectomy. No female nipples. Yeah, yeah. Like whole. male nipples, I guess, oh, are fine. Oh, male nipples are fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Female nipples. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the things that give life to humanity. God forbid we should see those. Right. That's... Ugh. It's crazy. Sorry. Nonetheless, uh, it inspired me to write an article, which is sort of still, you know, in process. Um, mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, wow, holy shit, because... It occurs for me like I've been body positive and have been comfortable with my body most of my life. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, what I went through to get there. It's like, talk I to forget. Me about that. I talk, forget. Talk to me about that. So, you know, as a little kid, I was, I was never thin, right? Mm-hmm. But I also wasn't that big. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's so sad when you look back. Like, I, I remember looking back at a picture of me as an eight-year-old. Mm. And I was at camp. Mm-hmm. And there was like, we were reenacting Michael Jackson's thriller <laughs> and I had on like Velcro, you know, suede sneakers mm-hmm. and a little leotard and a, a, like a satin jacket and my hair and a headband. I was adorable. <laughs> and I remember feeling fat oh, man. and feeling like I wasn't as thin as Sharon or mm-hmm. whoever the fuck her name mm-hmm. was. And it broke my heart and mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Wow. And how many times throughout the years, throughout middle school and high school and elementary school, that I remember just, you know, wanting to be like other girls, wanting to be thinner, you know. And it's like, it's so fucked up how from such a young age, Mm -hmm. we inherit these conversations from the media, from our parents, from our friends, right? My mom has been on Weight Watchers for like 400 years, you know? Mm. She's a lifer, as they say. Mm -hmm. And she was a fat kid. Like, she was significantly heavy as a child and was teased and was bullied. And it, you know, so that played out into her life. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I inherited some of that conversation. And when I started to do a lot of work on myself through just, you know, personal Mm self-exploration, transformational things like landmark education, going to therapy, it was like, oh my God, this is not my conversation. This is everything I've picked up from everything around me. And you changed the narrative. I changed the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, before I had done seminars and, and things more intensively, it was probably in high school 
where it was a mixture of uh, sort of owning my sexuality mm-hmm. sort of helped some of that fade away. Yeah. Having large breasts, I started, I, I, you know, instead of feeling shameful about it, I started feeling proud of it. Good, and yeah. while, you know, not all the attention was great, I did like the attention, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I would use it to my advantage, you right. know, right. and in my mind, I joke around about it, but I'm like, I felt like I was like the white little Kim, you know, <laughs> like I was like, motherfucker, look at this, look at this, look at this. I'm hot as fuck. Like, That's you right. Know? That's right. And I would, you know, very early on, I would have threesomes and I would, you know, be doing whatever the fuck I wanted. But I was also one of the boys and like smoking blunts and driving around in my Subaru station wagon <laughs> you know, freestyle onto Biggie. So it was like yeah. this interesting, like you said, dichotomy of like this masculine and feminine and just yeah. being like, fuck everybody. And I had this realization one day when I took off a shirt and I saw that the size said large or extra large. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I've walked around thinking I'm extra large because of what this piece of fucking clothing is telling interesting. me. Interesting. Wow. I'm not actually that large. You know, right, like right. my body is like, kind of average and when you come to like the world it's just my tits are ginormous you know <laughs> so it makes the rest of me look you know super super curvy and um yeah the nude beach was super transformational yeah. where was that uh so Jones i started beach? going uh, robert moses oh right if you go to field five uh-huh. well it used to be i don't think it is anymore but uh the beginning of the national the fire island national seashore right. is technically the end of robert moses right. and that's clothing optional and because it's like a national thing which, not a state thing but the national thing which like kind of is cool is a mind fuck right I because know, you're like right? wow the federal government is cooler than the state don't tell trump i know please please oh, seriously seriously so yeah so there's that and um <laughs> it was wonderful because there were bodies of all shapes and sizes and everyone exactly. was just hanging out, having drinks, sharing food, laughing, just being whoever they wanted to be. Right. And everyone was loved and accepted. And I brought girlfriends there and it, it was transformational for them. Exactly. And it's just, so to speak to current day, it's really sort of now become just part of who I am and, and what I do with comedy, what I do on social media, what I even do as an actor, it's kind of like, no, be who you are. Exactly. Love who you are. No matter the fucking vessel, it's all gorgeous. You know? Exactly. I had, a, I had a long conversation with uh, Dirty Martini on the last episode about this very thing. And the things that you say that you went through, she also went through. And she, like you, turned that kind of pathology into something really positive and she makes her living on it now she literally tra- travels the world yeah and she's a trained you know dancer yeah. and she's one of the most famous burlesque performers in the world and so th- th- cheers to you both for yeah. making something turning something that could have really ruined you as people yeah into something positive and affirmative especially i mean obviously for you both personally but for other women who are everyone is in the same boat yeah so thank you for that we're gonna take a quick break and be right back and always remember life is short and unpredictable moments are fleeting and sometimes simply miserable 
Tell me what the hell are you scared of when in the end The only thing is love in the end Love's the only thing I wanna regret the things wanna, I've done wanna, Never wanna, the things I left to no Welcome back. Okay, so Rachel, I need to talk to you about your experience with the Brondel Swash SE600 bidet conversion that we have in our apartment that every single guest that has been on the show, like in my apartment, I've told them about it and I said I want to talk to you about it and and every single person but you has said I'm not really comfortable talking about that. So Oh, really? Yes. So It's fascinating. I, people are, are weird about, you know, they're pooping and whatever. Oh, I talk I, about everything. But I, get, I know. I, that's I probably why I do well in comedy. I, I love <laughs> I love that about you. So tell me about your experience using the Brondel Swash SC600. Oh, my gosh. You're hilarious. <laughs> well, I have tried other friends' convertible bidets, mm. uh, and this one was definitely, woo! <laughs> Yeah, powerful. Um, yeah, I did like the blue LED experience. Right. I, d- I did like the heated seat. That was very nice. I love that. It's my favorite. Um, I have to say, um, the the uh, frontal vaginal cleanse um, was way more powerful than I expected. Uh, so I let out a ah! and um, did it make you come? No, honey. Okay. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it, what made me go. <laughs> was that it, it was not on my clitoris. It went directly up my vagina. And so uh, I was not expecting that. Um, and it is a, like a, a, a one directional, very intense, a uh, lot of pressure streams. Well, there's there's so, way to adjust the pressure. Yeah, I should have, I should have if it was, through um, that Yeah, if it was my bidet, I would set it <laughs> to be a little um, softer in its delivery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm hoping that overall it was like a nice experience. Yes, yes. Oh my god! And um, glad to know I am walking around with <laughs> a sanitized vulva. <laughs> Fuck Summer's Eve. I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right, great. Actually, you do need to be careful because um, things like douching is actually very bad for your vagina it disturbs your ph balance Mm. ladies we have self-regulating self-cleaning vaginas and we do not want to disturb their lovely ph balance so please do not douche or use vaginal washes or even wipes for that matter unless they are ph balance things like vagina are really healthy you know like discharge actually helps maintain and clean right and Probably one of the few things that actually is safe is coconut oil. Mmm. That's a. I'm gonna. I'm All gonna I really start. needed was some coconut oil. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna set this segment aside and do a, a whole PSA. This is really important shit. I'm not kidding. Like women need to know this. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad. You, I'm glad you did that. Thank you. And we're back. So, Rachel, talk to me about slut energy. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, um, hmm. slut energy. I guess it's like big dick energy. Big titty Mm -hmm. energy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Slut energy. I think um, we're all sluts, and we should be proud to be sluts. Um, I think there's no 
shame in loving and enjoying sex and pleasure Mm -hmm. and your body and all of that stuff. So I guess in a sense, uh, we're taking back the word slut, right? Just the way, just the way we kind of took back the word queer, right? Queer used to be a derogatory term and now queer is this beautiful sort of all encompassing thing. Uh, For me, I love it, right? Like uh, bisexual doesn't really feel natural to me as a term. I don't enjoy it. Uh, I think bisensual or heteroflexible or, you know, has always just felt a little bit more me because I gravitate towards a person's energy rather than like their aesthetic. I don't have a type. I've dated men. I've dated women. It's not a thing, right? You know, if I like your energy, if I feel a connection with you, that's what makes me attracted to you, your brain. There's that book, The Ethical Slut, Mm -hmm. which is really I think groundbreaking because it yeah. talks all about sleep with whoever you want to sleep with, but do it in a way that you're, you know, honest with yourself yeah. and with your partners and um, your status and all of these things. Yeah. Fuck whoever you want to fuck as many people as you want to fuck, but just do it like in a yeah. way that you're like honest about it with yourself and your partners. Communication is sexy. Exactly. It's sexy exactly. Fuck. I, you know, uh, I've had some recent disappointings and uh, disappointments in dating and it was all centered around communication, all of it. And it's amazing. Um, but yeah, you know, with slut energy, it's like, you know, own it and like, look, and not to shame people who are not into sex. Right. Cause I have friends who are consider themselves asexual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the term slut can be very playful mm-hmm. and, um, just, just owning your badassery. <laughs> you know, and be willing to, you know, flaunt your shit and be proud of it. Shake your jiggles and wiggles and all your stuff. And oh, my God. Fuck, just in, God, we just need to, like, enjoy ourselves. Exactly. That's that's a PSA right there. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> okay, so, Rachel, tell me about the whole voiceover actor thing. Like, what's that like? Like, do you have an agent? Do you go on auditions or do they listen to your reel and choose your voice based on that? Or what's that like? Sure. I, <laughs> it's funny. I, I've been doing it so long that I don't even know how long I've been doing it. Mm. Uh, I think it's maybe eight years. I don't know. It could be longer. It, it's been a while. Nice. Uh, I started off doing audiobooks for Audible. Oh. I did um, three Harlequins and then <laughs> one Super Erotica where... It was so sexy that I actually created a pseudonym because at the time I wasn't sure if it would have an impact on my acting career. Nice. Obviously, since I've gotten into comedy, I've said, fuck that. And who cares? Good for you. Um, you know, this is who I am. And if you what? don't want to hire me as an actor based on me being sexual, then I don't want to work with you. Exactly. What, what, what's the pseudonym? It's you? Paula Fleetwood. <laughs> it's basically my middle name with the street that I grew up on. Awesome. And I know Isn't that they're like a thing on Facebook, like what's your slut name or what's your Yeah, or what's your porn name? It's porn basically name. <laughs> it's either your middle name or like your pet or like a childhood pet <laughs> uh with the street that you grew up on. And that is your your porn name. And so I yeah, Paula that. Fleetwood, I was like, that's pretty sexy, that fits. Yeah. And it was a book called Hungry for More. <laughs> and <laughs> I was one of three narrators. <laughs> And um, three narrators. Yeah, because there was like, I believe there was like 15 short stories, right? Uh, and we each got five. And the one that sticks out to me, I mean, some of them are really funny. 
Um, but the one that I, well, actually two that you'd really love, right? So one was called Madam Secretary. Oh. And I think it was totally an ode to Hillary Clinton. I was going to say, time, right? Because at the time she was Secretary of State. And it was basically she had sort of a permanent sub sex worker mm. female on like retainer. And she would come in and rip her thong off and go to town. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was very sexy. And then there was a a straight couple, another story, where the woman got off on watching gay sex. And so they would would dress up in very baggy clothing to sort of, you know... (laughs) you know, gen- generic, make her sexuality generic. Uh-huh. And she and her husband would go to the park and watch gay men fucking in the woods and like get it on while oh watching. Yeah. Kind of like the rambles, I guess, back Where in the day. Where can I find these books? They sound Audible. amazing. Yeah. Audible. All right. Um, and there was, so aside from that, under Rachel Green, even some of the Harlequin stuff was kind of racy, but in a like Harlequin way. So kind of like <laughs> for grandmas. And, um, I-, I talk about this in comedy sometimes, uh, one of the most interesting lines to me. And, you know, there wasn't a director. It was just me and the engineer. Oh, And okay. we would narrate, you know, I'd, I'd read, I'd read, I'd read, and then you'd sort of self-edit. You know, either you would catch a mess up or the engineer would catch a mess up, and then you'd go back and re-record interesting. it. And they would edit it, and then, you know, post-edit, you would go back and do pickups. But um, my favorite line is, his eyes met her gaze, and heat slithered along his dick. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, the other books were called The Professional. Are we ex army we... ranger Jeb something? <laughs> so anyway, so there's three other books on Audible that you can check out under my actual name, Rachel Green. Um, I I don't get any kickback, so no pressure. <laughs> I don't get any residuals. Um, what are the names of those books? Uh, oh God. Uh, so one was The Professional. Another one was. Uh, I think it was called Deep Deception. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, oh, man, I forget what the other one was called. Anyway, you could go to Audible and, you know, find it there under my name. Um, but, yeah, one was, like, about um, a lesbian CIA agent on another planet. And another one was about uh, a vampire courier. It was a woman who... Uh, her mother was bitten by a vampire while she was in utero. So she had special Ooh. sensibilities Ooh. around vampires. So Ooh. that's why she could be a vampire courier. And so she because she could sense like a the vampire. Yeah, awesome. she was like a bike messenger for <laughs> vampires. Yeah, you can't make this shit up. And it was like, yeah, and it was down in like Chile. So I had to have a Chilean oh, accent from time to time. I had to throw Andes. in my Spanish accent and say random words. Yeah. But now I do mostly <laughs> commercial voiceover. Uh, so, you know, you'll hear me for, um, you know, selling various products. Okay. So you, you have this amazing voiceover for Disney's Dream Princess. That's a cruise line? Or uh, no? No, I, I think it's just a general campaign that they've created to support young girls oh, and, right, and to right, be right. like a princess. It's beautiful. So you know, do 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 us a little uh, snippet of that, if you would. Oh, I, I don't remember the exact copy, of, but it's basically they're showing the various um, female characters, the, the, the strong female leads. Um, a lot of the present ones that I'm less familiar with, but it's mm-hmm. like she could be a warrior or a princess. Exactly. You know, and she could do things like Tiana. And it's like uh, it sort of ends with... Um, 
sort of that she could have she could do whatever she wants right as long as she right. dreams big yes yeah i get goosebumps i do too yeah. man like that's it's, so it's, a, it's actually a really a spot that i'm very proud of that really the first time i heard it i was you know all choked up it's really it's beautiful they originally cast a British man. What? And then somehow suddenly realized that it might be more <laughs> apropos to have a woman, a trustworthy sounding woman, Jesus. voice the copy. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Love is Okay, so Rachel, talk to me about what it's like to be an actor in New York City in 2020. Oh, sure. Um, well, uh, much like comedy, it has its extreme highs and extreme lows. Mm-hmm. I started off doing uh, theater and musical theater. And again, acting was much like comedy. I didn't know that I wanted to do it. Mm. I even dated an actor for three years and was like, ugh, you people. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I the yeah, you know, I took a singing class that incorporated acting to make the songs more connected and authentic, and I fell in love with it. Ooh. And then it was like, oh, well, I get to sing and sometimes even play the violin with musical theater, and so that was wonderful. Nice. And then more recently, I've focused pretty much solely on on TV and film, and um, you know, that audition process is actually I find. Um, uh, much like voiceover, because you had asked me earlier, I don't know if we had covered it, but I, I do freelance with a bunch of different managers uh, that, that do send me out for auditions. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I'm able to go in and sort of do my thing and leave. And it's very civilized and, and friendly. And you sort of just kind of know that, you know, if you go in and you do your best work, that's what it's about, right? It's an opportunity to act and do what you love. Right. And hopefully the chips fall where they may. Um, hopefully you don't remind the director of his ex-wife. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully they, they don't think you're too tall or curvy to fit with the lead that you'll be co-starring with, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be frustrating, but I love it. Uh, I, I've been entrenched in on-camera acting and auditioning for the past year, and it's blown my mind. Mm. The acting for film and TV, you know, for motion picture, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, is a very different beast than being on the stage, and it's wonderful. And it's like, how can I convey the story, and can I convey the story with my physicality uh, in a way that if someone was to shut off the sound, they Mm. could still get what's happening? I'm guessing through those eyes of yours... Uh, you have like silent movie eyes. Oh, thank silent you. Silent movie star eyes. I appreciate that. Seriously. It's it's a little bit of the eyes, but it's also what and you decide body. to do with your body. Right. And when you start off, it actually can feel a little bit awkward because you're sort of like forcing yourself to do things that you wouldn't necessarily organically do. But then you start to realize how well they play. Yeah. You know, yeah. for, uh, and this is, I guess, a little secret I'll be giving away. <laughs> but, um, like if a scene says, I'm sorry, putting your hand on your chest, I'm sorry. It just, it reads, it reads yeah. to the audience. Yeah. It always works. That's fucking brilliant. And it's, it's stuff like that where you're like, holy shit. Or just the way I shift in this chair. Right. 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 Or just the way, you know, and some of it is just purely audition technique. You wouldn't necessarily even do it on set, mm-hmm. but just the way I would maybe start the scene this way. Cause I'm doing something else. 
and then I direct to you, and I just turn, and right. it just reads. Right. And it's it's right. It fascinates me. Oh, um, Amazing. And yeah, I've I've, I've been uh, hashtag blessed to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did a bunch of reenactment shows that were super fun, and I did Law and Order, mm. and um, I did Bull on on CBS. Yeah. And yeah. there's a show coming out. Um, it's a Shonda Rhimes show that is about Anna Del. Thank you. Um, that's about Anna Delvey, who was a fake socialite, and she got away with it for like three or four years. I'm a fake socialite. There you go. Can I have a show about me? Yes. <laughs> well, she's in Rikers right now, so I don't think you want that. But um, yeah, I got to play a corrections officer, and I um, I got to do a, a film that uh, soon to be coming out called A Nice Girl Like You. That stars uh, Lucy Hale and uh, Jackie Cruz, my girl who played Flacca mm. on Orange is the New Black. Oh, I love oh her. Oh, my God. She's, Seriously. She's the best. Freaking love her. Uh, and it's also got Mindy Cohn, who, um, from the Facts of Life. Who Are I you didn't, kidding me? Yeah, we didn't get to work together, unfortunately. But oh I was God. like, <gasps> like, we literally just passed each other on set. And I was oh. like, oh, my God. <laughs> was that at uh, Coffin Astoria Studios? Because that's where Orange is the is the new block used to film. no this was actually the scene that i was in it's a short scene but i have a very memorable line that i will not give away um and it actually was filmed <laughs> at what uh what is the name of it i believe it's called the harem it is a uh strip club it is a strip club with an adjacent sex shop in Lodi, New Jersey. Oh, my God. It's actually modeled after Satin Dolls, which was the strip club that was used in The Sopranos. I was just going to say, oh, shit. And apparently yeah. it has the same owner. Yeah. And so when I <laughs> when I got on set, like, I get out of the van, right? And you get out of the van. Right, because, you know, that's how was they... There, well, was they bring there, you to set, you know? Did they tape up the windows and you're... No, like, no, no. It's something oh, like that. Sorry. It's nothing explicit. Um, so you get out of the van, you know, like your, your call time, or maybe it was an Uber. Who knows what I took? <laughs> and, it, you know, so I get there and I'm like, where the... Oh, shit. Okay. And we walk in and I'm like, oh my God, is this where they film The Sopranos? Oh my God, we're about a bing right now. Holy shit. Yeah, seriously. And then someone was like, no, that's Satin Dolls. It's actually down the road. <laughs> but this place was modeled right after Satin oh, Dolls. Oh, it's so different. It's it, down it's the road. It's literally the same club. It's <laughs> just like down the road. And it's like Lodi, New Jersey, which is like off of the fucking Jersey Turnpike, I guess. Oh, and But what's great about it is there's a sex club, uh, sex store next to it, like a sex shop. Yeah. Uh, you know, And it's great because, I mean, they have sex toys and videos and clothing and shoes so it's like well shit the dancers shoes? yeah well because yeah the strippers like you know <laughs> if, they, if they have a, a shoe breaks they could just you know come <laughs> come through the back and just get the replacement or they could bring clients in they get a discount i mean it's it's genius honestly and it was one of the biggest <laughs> sex shops i've ever been to i was like oh my god this place is it was like a superstore you know it was oh amazing my god. so yeah it was a lot of fun this um, is my favorite interview ever <laughs> You're my 18th interview, by the way. Aw, thanks. And, oh, my God. One can never say that my life is boring. Keep, no, seriously. Yeah. Keep going. So, sorry. Um, to anyway, so, yeah. So, that's that's some of the really cool projects that I, I've had a chance to be a part of. And, um, yeah, just I just keep plugging away. Keep pushing. Um, yeah. Thank you, Rachel Green. I think um, we're going to end it there. There's more to talk about 
we're going to have to do a part two. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Um, Should I plug again? Yes, please. Wait, hold on. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Again, if you lovely folks would like to stay in touch, uh, whether on social media or come to a live show, you can find a lot of that stuff on www.rachelgreen.nyc or on Instagram or Twitter at the one Rachel Green. So it's the word the, the number one, and then my name, Rachel Green, R-A-C-H-E-L-G-R-E-E-N. Our show, monthly show, is called The Venus Flytrap. I'll also be in Raleigh May 20th through 24th for the Oak City Comedy Festival. That's exciting. And, yeah. um, you know, keep keep in touch for other developments and lots of thirst traps. Fuck yes. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Way Off the Record has been written, produced, and edited by Scott Ambrosino and Christian Hernandez. Our music is by the amazing Marie Tree. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to us on social media. We can be reached at the at sign WOTRPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Testicles. What's what's that phrase? Um, spectacles, testicles, wallet watch. Uh, let's do a sound check. How are you, Rachel? I'm great. How are you? You sound fantastic. Thank talk, you. Talk, talk, talk. Talk, talk, talk. <laughs> Should I do it in this voice the whole time? Yes, I love that. <laughs>